Welcome to the Son of a Preacher podcast. Please sit back and listen to the thoughts and musings from sermons that were first brought to the pulpit four, five, even six decades ago. I am G.W., and I am the Son of a Preacher. I am so happy to be talking to you all again today. Dad first brought this message to the pulpit in June 1961. Topic was the annual report of the annual convention of the American Baptist Church. Not the Southern Baptist, but the American Baptist. There's no scripture on this Sunday, and that's kind of unusual. So let's just jump into the convention report. Now, I think that this is going to be a little bit of fun. Well, obviously different than what I've done in the past. This is a report of the American Baptist Convention. And the American Baptist Convention was held in Portland, Oregon on June 14th to 18th in 1961. Now, if any of you have been around a church, have been around the leadership of the church, particularly the pastor or some of the lay leaders of the church, you know that there's almost always, with traditional dominations anyway, there's almost always going to be an annual conference. And that's going to be held somewhere, maybe statewide, maybe national, but maybe both. Now, my dad, in 1961, he was a Baptist minister, and he would go to these conferences every year, and they were held all over the country. And I remember him going to Cleveland. I remember him going to Seattle. I remember him going to Portland. And I, I'm sure that there were other places in between that he went also. Sometimes mom would go with him, sometimes not. I think the only time that my sister and I went along was the one in Cleveland. I remember that because we went to a ball game while we were there in, in the old Cleveland Stadium. I had a good time. Had a good At least at the ball game, I had a good time. I was 11 during this particular one and having a good time in Iowa, living, you know, learning how to play football, baseball, basketball, hopefully learning a little bit in school. And I don't remember doing very much there other than one sixth-grade teacher that just scared me to death. But that's that's really just a whole nother story for another time. What When we reported on this, he said that it was one of the hardest working conventions that he had ever attended. And he'd been going to the convention since 1946 or so. And so at the time, he'd been going for 15 or so years. And they had a, a pretty interesting array of speakers. They had Governor Mark Hatfield of Oregon. Now, I think Governor Mark Hatfield later became a senator. And I believe they had Harold Stassen of Philadelphia. Now, Harold Stassen was an interesting guy. He ran for president in the Republican Party nine different times. And one time, well, actually two times, he came close to winning the nomination. He was a member of the original U.N. delegation. He was the youngest elected mayor, mayor uh, governor. Uh, when he was 31 years old, he was elected governor of the state of Minnesota. And he eventually became known as the Grand Old Party's Grand Old Loser and almost became a tragic comic figure. But, you know, even with all that, he was also well-respected and well-thought-of because he did a lot of good work. And being elected governor when he was 31, that's not really a loser. The fact that he ran for president a bunch of times really doesn't make him a loser because he didn't win. 
1961. He was in the middle of all this. He had he had uh, was still running for president. He was he was actively moving forward with that, and he was uh, getting him to speak at this convention was a big deal. Now there were other speakers too, and a lot of them uh, internal to the church, and and a lot of folks, you know, who talked had to do with the mission work, and everything else. But they had to do some work that was basically well organizational. The convention was organized. Um, they they really this particular convention set standards uh, organization for the American Baptist Church, and they had to do this. I mean, they had to set their organizational house in order. Trust me when I say that ministers are not necessarily the best people to do this, because most of the time ministers are more worried about making sure that the word of Christ is put out there in the world, and that they are making sure that they have a a solid basis for the preaching that they're doing. They're not particularly concerned about whether or not the church is a smoothly run organization. It is not surprising that when a search committee is formed to find a a preacher for a church, or when a church, if they, like the Methodists do, they move them all within the church, people will talk to the church and say, Do you want a good businessman or do you want a good preacher? We may not be able to find both for you. And so they have to decide. And if it can be very, very difficult when the preacher is not particularly charismatic, but he does run a very solid church anyway, they had to get their act together and their church organization together. And they were going to do it to provide unity and a singleness of purpose. Now, the singleness of purpose is interesting because Governor Hatfield, well, he mentioned that Oregon had hosted four different Baptist conventions in the last two weeks alone. Four different Baptist conventions. That's amazing. That's a lot. Now, I don't know which four they were. I doubt that it was a Southern Baptist, because why would they go to Oregon? But that just means how many Baptist churches, different types and varieties of Baptist churches there are or were out there. It seemed like a good idea to, to get that kind of unified a little bit. And when you look at what's going on today in the Methodist Church and in the Southern Baptist Church, well, that unity of purpose, that still needs to be there. They set a minimum standard. Now, that minimum standard is, is important for the unity of the church. Another standard they met is that they realized that they were very casual about when a person could be ordained. Casual may not be the right word, but that's what it seems like. As an American Baptist preacher in 1961, I'm not sure what being ordained meant that you had to have achieved. But they passed a rule that went into effect in 1965. And that rule was that in order to be ordained in the American Baptist Church, you had to have four years of undergraduate college and three years of seminary training just to be ordained. Now, that's a lot different than logging onto the internet, finding some church of the wind, 
and being ordained and suddenly you can perform weddings and you can you can perform services so where do you get your ordainment from is important when these rules went into effect it took a considerable amount of time and training for a person to be ordained now if any of you attend a church today whose pastor has never attended seminary, I suggest that you ask yourself what it is that he is providing that makes it worth the risk to the church. Now, the risk of having him as your pastor is not saying that he's not a good man and not a godly man. It's just saying he has not been trained to run a church. Just like if you had a large corporation, would you want someone without any business experience in charge of that organization? I don't think you would. Church is no different. The training that you get from seminary is crucial, and it's crucial to any church. During the time of this convention, there was a lot of work that was done with the governing of the church, obviously. It was interesting that Dad said that the young Young people, young leaders of the church, you know, who were setting up these things seem to be following the work of Barry Goldwater. Now, Barry Goldwater was a senator from the state of Arizona, well-respected. And in 1964, again, three years after this, but in 1964, he ran against Lyndon Johnson. And Lyndon Johnson defeated him in the largest landslide that a presidential election has had, well, within my knowledge anyway. And I think that Barry Goldwater managed to win one, maybe two, but one state. And that's it. Every other state went for Lyndon Johnson. But Barry Goldwater was a respected politician. And he wasn't speaking at this conference, but his influence of what these young leaders think thought was important because the young leaders felt that the government should have nothing to do with social legislation. Now, he's, they're talking the national government should have nothing to do with social legislation. And the social legislation should be done by the folks at home for the folks at home. I don't think that's a whole lot different than what Republicans think today. But the American Baptist Church almost, now not successfully, but they almost passed a bill that said that they would be against any type of federal health insurance. This is in 1961. Now, if they had passed that, they did not pass that, but if they had passed that, what would have happened with Medicare? Would the American Baptist Church been enough of an influence on that that Medicare would never have happened in 1964? Interesting thought. I mean, where would this country today be without Medicare. Well, that might have changed where history is today. And they said, well, you know what? We need to talk about racial tension, too. And we're going on in the country in 1961. Now, I think we can all agree that in 1961, with the segregation and the integration, that racial tensions were running very high. I think that we would all agree that we still have a significant amount of racial tension in the country today, 62 years later in 2023. But they passed a motion, and they passed a motion 
that said that they would come out in favor of what was known in those days as the Freedom Riders. And the Freedom Riders are the people that bust folks into, into segregated areas and they would have protests. Martin Luther King and others who would come into segregated areas of the country. Now, they did this, of course, to help integrate the country and to push segregation out of the country. Interesting there, in 1961. Bottom line, when I look at this report that my dad gave to the congregation back in June of 1961, there are so many correlations of things that happened then that are happening today. For instance... When you take a look at, you had people like Harold Stassen, the nine-time candidate for president, and here you have Bernie Sanders from Vermont, or you have Chris Christie, or maybe even other candidates that this is not going to be the second or the first time that they run. You may see them running for president four, five, six times. Ted Cruz has certainly been in there a bunch of different times. Now, names that are just part of society doing things as, as they would be trying to set the tone for what's going on. The other thing that's talked about a lot is the amount of mission work that was being done and the cost of that mission work. And, well, they were looking particularly at Africa in those days, but now you look at Africa, Central America, South America, any place where we might be sending missionaries, well, those are different than what they were back in the 1961, but we still go out and we do mission work. It's never ended. It's never going to end. It'll just continue to have to be continued. So I think at the end of this, I think Dad probably would have said something along the lines of this. There's a lot of good people out there within this convention. There's a lot of good people trying to do their best to do a lot of good work and to try to do the work of the Lord across the nation, across the world, and that we should work really hard to continue that effort and to support them as best we can and to make sure that here in 2023, 62 years after that particular effort, that these efforts were not wasted back in 1961 and that we continue and that we continue in the way of the Lord. Now, when you think about the report I just reported on and you think about what's happening in our Congress today, Just please join with me in praying for the leaders of our country that they can guide the country in a stable and a sane manner. May the Lord bless you, keep you in peace. I do want to ask everyone listening to this today to help spread the word about this podcast. Help me continue to keep my father's work for the Lord alive. Please tell your friends and your church groups about this podcast. Share it on social media. Let people know that these inspirations are available. There's a new book available on Amazon titled Throwing Ink. It was a compilation of inspiration based on Dad's work. It was written by me, G.W. Stark.